Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast with your hosts Jason, Jacob, and Jeff. And this week we've got a listener submitted question that we're going to go over. Before we get into that, I'm going to have Jacob kind of introduce the question, but before we get into that, hopefully you caught last week's episode where we interviewed Mike Tonkovich, who is the Deer Program Administrator for the Division of Wildlife. It was a great episode. We really enjoyed talking to Mike, and we plan to do more of those in the future. So make sure you're subscribing to the show. That way you get notified anytime there's a new episode, and you won't miss any of that that uh, knowledge that uh, that Mike shared with us. So with that, any other updates that we need to get into that you guys want to give? I've been doing some squirrel so. hunting. If you guys have been following us on Instagram, um, and I think I shared it on Facebook too, been doing some squirrel hunting, getting into some squirrels, been having a lot of fun with that. If you guys remember, we did our goals episode back at the beginning of the season. One of my goals for the season was to do more small game hunting. And so I've been doing uh, squirrel hunting and really been enjoying it. It's been a few years since I've done squirrel hunting and, and getting back into it has been a lot of fun. So you guys, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you guys been getting into anything or... Shaking heads? Nope. nope. I have no. not been getting into anything. I'm I got still... my, my squirrel gun ready. Yeah. Um, you know, got it all recited in and everything, but haven't gotten out after them. What are you using for squirrels? I'm going to use a 22. It's a Remington Speedmaster. Okay. So it's like a semi-auto, yeah, tube, semi-auto. tube magazine? Yeah, tube Okay. Mag- yep. Okay. Well, if there's nothing else, we'll get into the question. And I guess before we do that, if you guys have questions that you want us to address or or just kind of thought-provoking things you want us to talk about, send them in to us. We love kind of pontificating on this kind of stuff. So send us your questions. We can you know either make it a part of an episode or in this case, we're going to make it a full episode because there's, there's a lot of layers to this one. So Jake, what uh, what's the question? All right. Uh, question was submitted by a listener, and like, like Jason said, John submitted a question. Like he said, there's a lot of layers to this, a lot of bits and pieces. So um, I'm just going to go through the question in its entirety, and then we'll go back through and kind of pick apart different pieces of it. But the question starts off with John would like to start hunting deer for meat from his house, but he has a small plot. Uh, he's looking at about seven acres in suburban area he doesn't say where exactly but he said it's suburban but the issues with this is that that he needs to drop the deer in a relatively short distance he's in the question he said 20 to 30 yards because he has some neighbors that are either not friendly towards hunting or we don't know he doesn't go into it he just says they're not going to let him onto their property to retrieve deer so that's kind of a common issue trying to make sure things stay on your property so we thought that was good the other part of the question is he doesn't want to make enemies with other neighbors by using a gun that's too loud. So, you know, some of the new straight-walled rifle cartridges that you first will jump to, you know, when you're thinking drop a deer in its tracks. Some of them can be pretty noisy. So that's another piece of this. And then the, uh, so he says, uh, the question you know, what are your recommendations for caliber of firearm, shot placement? Uh, he listed, you know, should a, you recommend headshot, neck shot, heart, lungs, etc.? Uh, he says he's only going to be shooting about 20 yards, so it's pretty close quarters. He says he has safe uh, shooting lane with a hillside in the back background, so 
bullet travel is not an issue. And he also says um, that he thinks that a lot of people have this similar issues, um, which I would agree with if you're any type of suburban hunter. So we figured it was a good question with a lot of layers, uh, and we're going to dig into it. And like I said, we'll kind of pick it apart and do each thing individually. Yeah, um, and one yeah. one good thing that he's done that he mentions in, in his uh, note to us is that he's checked with the police department. You don't have to check with the police department. You can check the regulations on your own, but to make it simple, you know, he checked with the police department to make sure that he's allowed to discharge a weapon where he lives because he does say he's in a suburban area. And just one clarification thing. He does say, like, he doesn't say from his house. He says at his house, right? Because that would be a completely different issue here. You said from, which is, that that would be an issue. From his house? No, he's not going to shoot a deer from yeah, his house. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify yes, that no. before we even started. My intention is he's not going to be hunting out of his bedroom. I believe he's going to be yeah. in a stand somewhere in his backyard. Yeah. He says he has seven acres, so. It sounds like he's got, you know, a, probably a big chunk of that is yard and he's got a small area where he's got deer coming through, wants to get some deer for meat, which is all good, but he wants to make sure that after he shoots a deer, it stays on his property and doesn't cause issues with his neighbors. So like I said, uh, there's a lot of things for me. What do you, I guess let's start with what would you guys recommend for a like a caliber a weapon what do you what, what would you guys recommend well i think that a lot varies about what kind of shot he's going to take okay you, you know, want to start there i'm going to recommend some different shots you know so yeah let's start with the shots okay if he wants to drop it where it stands the best opportunity i think he has you know the ideal situation is that the deer facing away from him, directly away from him, trying to take a shot to the back of the head. Because like that's the base of the skull where the spine... Yeah, 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 that's a pretty safe shot. Because... Especially at 20 to 30 yards. Right. Because right. that, that's what I was thinking too. And like, and I'll, I'll let you, you continue here, but I would, you know, you can be off up and down and still drop it. Right. So and if you're if you're off in almost any direction you're going to drop it and you have a very limited chance of maiming it because right. you're either going to hit you know a part of the the head that is vital right or miss yeah there's no in between and I do want to I guess just go out and say that we you know we wouldn't normally recommend headshots I don't think any of us normally in normal situations do headshots or neck shots. We're all, you know, heart and lung broadside type of thing. But this is a, and this is why we wanted to address this question because it's, it's kind of a unique situation, but there, like you said, there could be a number of people that find themselves in a similar situation, right? You don't need 40 acres to kill a deer. You know, if you've got seven acres, five acres or something, and it's legal to discharge a, a firearm, shoot a deer. But right. you've got some of these these elements to contend with. Yeah. Do and you so, guys have any other, you know, perfect world shot that you think would be more ideal than that? I or should we move on to more of reality? I mean that that's what I perfect world, that's what I would 
pick as well because if you're if you're you know heart lung shot there's a good chance that that deer runs off somewhere it's going to die but there's a good chance that deer runs off somewhere if you're if it's a side of the neck shot you know there's a chance that you put it low you know just kind of through the meat of the neck and that deer may die of starvation uh but there's a chance that that deer runs off and you know it's right. not it's not a what i would call a mortal wound uh, you know it's it's hard it's that, hard right. with like and this like, anatomy and and right at that point what's you're gonna kind happen of, you're kind of relying on the ballistics of the bullet the right shock wave and right you know your actual bullet path is not hitting anything right. vital at that point and on that same note i would never recommend a headshot to the side of the head yeah because i during gun season I've seen deer walk by that someone has tried to do that shot on and the deer was missing its lower jaw. Its lower jaw was hanging off. Mm. And I mean, that deer was going to survive till it starved. Yeah. I couldn't get a shot on it. Otherwise yeah. I would have. Right. But someone had tried a side of the head shot and, you know, was off just a little bit. Right. And that goes from a fatal shot to... A maiming shot. Yep. And yeah, there's there's a lot, there's m far more room for error in a shot like that than there is for success, right? You're you're talking about, um, what are you looking at, the brain pan, you know, baseball, if that? Yeah, yeah I, I'd yeah. say, yeah, I mean, a baseball probably, depending on the size of the deer and the size of the deer's head, but yeah, I mean. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, probably the brain and close enough to it to take it down. We might yeah, we might yeah. be talking about a uh, like a grapefruit. Yeah, you know because if you get the neck or right, you know we might be talking about a grapefruit size target. Right, which at twenty to thirty yards, if you're confident and comfortable with doable. your gun, right? I mean that's not a difficult shot. Again, that's um, we're taking a lot of things into consideration with this. The distance is obviously one of them. You know, yeah. I wouldn't recommend trying to head shoot a deer with at 200 yards. No. You know, I mean, it's just you're, at that point, it's your target's way too small. I mean, for me, it even gets dicey at 50 yards. Like, right. at, you yeah. know, at 50 yards, it's like, meh. No. And I'm assuming he has a scope on this gun. He doesn't make that assumption. You know, he doesn't say well, that. Well, I mean, we can make whatever. We right. can make that we recommendation. Make I would I recommend think. a scope. I wouldn't recommend just because that's even more accurate. You know, right. I mean, I, I'd recommend a scope so you can really pinpoint and I would sight my gun in at 20 to 30 yards. You know, I wouldn't use a hundred yard zero at, you know, if that's yeah. going to be your shot, I feel like you should have a gun sighted in for that. Especially well, if you're trying well, to. We're getting ahead of ourselves because we were talking about <clears throat> shot placement. Right. Sorry. So we all kind of agree that facing away head, like base of the skull, spine is, would be our sort of ideal. If you can, if you can arrange that, with the terrain features, if, you know, maybe you put a pile of corn out or something to get them to, to kind of stop and turn or something, mm -hmm. that would be ideal, right? Right, right. And with that shot, I don't think caliber much matters. No. You can go with, you know, as small as legal and you're going to be fine, you know, which is, what, a thirty-eight special? It's probably, yeah. I, probably the weakest round that's legal. Mm-hmm. Something and like that. That, yeah. that wouldn't be 
a problem with that shot. Yeah. Now, what would you, you said, Jeff, you mentioned, you know, like maybe more realistic shots. What, what did you have in mind there? I think my opinion for a realistic shot is shoot it through the front shoulder. Yeah. If you shoot it through the front shoulder, you're stopping its mobility. You know, if you, if you get a broadside through both front shoulders and you break both front shoulders, it's not going to, you know, you're getting through the shoulders, through the lungs, right? It's going to expire pretty quickly and it's not going to be able to go far. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, the ideal, like we talked about that ideal shot, that deer falls down in its tracks. That deer, you know, is stone dead before it hears the gunshot. The shoulder, like you said, they, you know, I've heard that, um, referred to as like breaking down an animal with a shot. You know, you hear it with like Western, like goat hunts and stuff. You know, you you don't don't want a goat to run off the side of a cliff, right? You've got to put it down, right? And, and those aren't 30 yard shots. So you need to break the animal down with your shot. And so if you can put both front shoulders out of commission, it might, for lack of a better term, kind of wheelbarrow for, uh, you know, I don't know, 20 yards maybe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like you said, there's a good chance that, I mean, you see him fall down stone dead with that shot as well. Just And that's more from the shock of that, that bullet, that expansion. And with that shot, I would say caliber choice becomes important. Yes. So with the, with the back of the head spine shot, like you said, you know, I don't, you know, for something that's common, easily accessible, you know, maybe it's a 357. You could, you could even, you know, get a lighter load, and because mm-hmm. he mentions the noise issue, right? Right. Maybe that helps him with his noise. Yeah, get a single shot, you know, or uh, right. you know, because if you have anything where not an auto or a semi-auto where it's, you know, racking in a new round that keeps the noise down right you know because that explosion is contained yep what would you so for jeff the the shoulder shot the double shoulder shot what would you recommend on a caliber there i think i would recommend a 44 magnum i think that that is quiet enough it's not excessively loud Mm -hmm. but it's powerful enough to put that animal out of commission very quickly Especially at those ranges. Right. Right. I mean, because, yeah, that's, I mean, if you're, if you, if he, if the noise is a top concern, because that's another thing, like, what are your top concerns with this, right? You get, there's give and take in all of this. Like, you could shoot it with a 50 BMG and there might not be left much left. Well, not legally, right? But right, right. it's going to be stone dead, but right. it's super loud. It's, right. you know, I mean, yeah, at that range, you could shoot a 500 Smith & Wesson, which is legal. Right. And you shoot it through both front shoulders, you're going to be taking a lot of meat out of that deer. Right. So that's, uh, I guess you got to kind of got to, if you find yourself in this same situation, you got to kind of rank what is important, right? It, for me, I would I would think putting the deer down right there is high on the list. Right, right, right. Spe- especially if your neighbor's not going to allow you to retrieve your deer. Right, I right. mean, at that point, I the last thing I'd want to do is fatally shoot a deer, 
and it run 50 to 60 yards onto the neighbor where I can see it dead and not yeah. be able to retrieve that deer. And now that deer will, I mean, who knows? I don't know the story. If the neighbor's then just going to take that or if it's just going to lay there and rot. Yeah. You know I mean? Which brings up another, I guess, so it's hard, it's hard to make a, like a, this is what caliber or whatever, because it, it just depends a lot, right? The 44 mag would be a good choice for, for noise, but powerful enough to, to probably put it down. But some of the other issues like that we're kind of alluding to here are, you know, the neighbor situation. We don't know the neighbor situation. Ideally, you're friendly with your neighbors and you say, hey, you know, I'm going to hunt. And if by chance a deer were to run over there, would it be okay if I come get it? If if you're not friendly with them, I've heard that the game wardens can be pretty persuasive, especially if like the neighbor's not going to use it sort of thing. Like, I think Jeff, you've talked about that before yeah, where yeah. They, they can be pretty persuasive with a, um, like a non-willing landowner to, to let you go recover a deer. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're, they're pretty good at, uh, you know, the verbal jujitsu, if you will, <laughs> right. of getting them to give you permission at least this once. Right. You know, they, they try very hard to, uh, allow hunters to be able to recover their deer. Yeah. And so those are some other avenues to explore, I guess, is if, you, if you're just assuming your neighbor wouldn't allow you to go get it, maybe go talk to them. If they've verbalized that, no, I don't, you know, I don't support this, I, I'm against it, then, you know, you've got, you've got other issues. If you can get farther away from the property line, those are other things to consider. One thing, well, here, I'll, let's do this. Let's, let's do, I want to finish out on things that we would recommend, and then let's kind of go back and talk about things that we would definitely not do. Does that sound good? Mm-hmm. Okay. So another thing that you can do is it is legal to hunt with a suppressor in Ohio. So you could go... And it adds, it's going to add cost, especially if you're just looking to get into hunting and, and you know, you're hunting for meat, but because your, your tax stamp for a suppressor is two, 200 bucks or something like that. Plus suppressors aren't cheap, but you, that would really help with your noise situation, right? I mean, if you're using a, if you're using supersonic ammo, you're still going to have that crack, but you don't have that initial bullet explosion if you will and at those ranges you could probably use subsonic ammunition and it would be very quiet right. 44 mag a suppressed 44 mag with subsonic ammo might not be a bad choice right yeah i mean because at those at those ranges i mean you're those are bow hunting ranges and right bows are not supersonic yeah so yeah I mean, Certainly. Now that that's kind of the that's I guess I would say on like the extreme end of your weapon choice, right? Because that's that's taking it to another level. So if if noise is really an issue, maybe you go that route. If noise is just yeah, I would like to not have a giant cannon for a gun, then you know you probably don't need to go that far. Yeah. So any other things that you would do or would recommend? Um, the other, another thing I thought of, and again, it just depends on the situation. I don't know the layout of the property necessarily. I don't know. Um, but if, you know, if it is an issue to where deer are going to be running onto your neighbor, you could build a barrier of some sort in that 
small, you know what I mean? If you're hunting 20 yards off of the fence line, I mean, at least for a period of time along that fence line, you could down some trees, do something. It's going to cause that deer to not be able to straight line off your property and have to spend a little more time. You know, a wounded deer is not going to, unless it has to, is not going to jump a fence or not going to go through nasty, brushy treetops. Right. You know, it's going to path of least resistance. So if it does become an issue to where you're not able to drop them right there, you know, you could just put some stuff in the way of the deer so that it, you know, because if you put a good shot on it, I mean, it, I mean, from the time it takes a deer to run 20 to 30 yards to 50 to 60 yards in a straight line, you're talking a couple seconds. Yeah. You know, so if you can delay that deer's exit of your property by a couple seconds, it might not make it off your property. So that's another thing you could potentially do. Yeah. Yeah. And I also don't know this guy's situation of, you know, where he's planning to take this shot. But if he, you know, with seven acres, it's potentially consider finding a a place further away from the property line to take the shot. Right. Yeah. You know, I... Especially if you introduce, like you said earlier, you know, a pile of corn or something. Right. You can, I mean, that's not, some people say, you know, hunting over baits, not hunting or whatever. We're not getting into that. But, you know, if you're hunting for meat and you want to draw that deer a little further off the property line, a pile of corn will do it. Yeah. I think those are all good recommendations. That's, you know, like you said, bait is a legal option. And if it makes it a little easier, makes the situation a little easier, gets a guy hunting to where he's, you know, procuring his own wild meat, then have at it, man. So things that you don't want to do or wouldn't want to do in this situation, I guess the first thing I'll start with is you don't want to buy a gun with a muzzle brake on it. Muzzle brakes are designed to help with recoil, but they make a gun louder because they direct that that um, explosive energy out to the sides of your gun and so instead of all that noise coming out of one point in the front of the gun away from you, the gun that that comes out the side of the gun and it makes the guns louder. I know a lot of these guys that have bought the, what's it, the Ruger American and 450, 450 mm-hmm. Bushmaster, the bolt action gun. Mm-hmm. It's got a big muzzle brake on the end of it and they're pretty miserably loud from what I hear. I've not, I've not shot one. I've not been around one, but... The guys that I've talked to that have, they're, they've got quite the bark. So same thing with, um, you know, you, I've seen some slug guns and stuff where they've, to help with recoil, right? They've ported the end of the barrel or something and it makes those guns much louder. That's one thing you wouldn't, you would want to stay away from is any kind of a gun with a, with a muzzle brake on it. Anything else that you wouldn't do? Uh, well, I mean, Jeff touched on it earlier. I wouldn't do a broadside headshot. Like we discussed earlier, that's just the margin of error is too small. I, you start the next shot. I mean, it again, it, the spine of a deer, if you look at the anatomy of a deer, its spine, spinal cord doesn't necessarily run in a straight line from the base of its neck straight down its backbone. I mean, it kind of dips down into the neck a little bit, which is why a neck shot can be effective. But again, with that, you're kind of relying on some damage from the bullet passing through, you know, some 
So it's, you know, I mean, not that it can't do it, but I'd say it's not your best option. I'd say you'd be better off doing through the shoulders. But again, when you go through the shoulders, you have meat damage potentially and fractured bones. And yeah, so you're, if you don't shoot it in the head, I think you're going to have to sacrifice some meat because the heart lung shot is probably not reliable enough to drop a deer in 20 yards. Unless you can reliably shoot it directly in the heart, but that's a pretty tight window. Yeah. Yeah. My recommendation, you know, don't do kind of thing is uh, take your time. Wait for the a good shot opportunity, especially the first couple of times. Because the first time you go out and try to do this, you know, if you maim a deer... And it's running all around the neighborhood. Yeah. That's going to look real bad on you, look real bad on hunters. Yep. And it's, you know, that might shut you down right there. Yep. You know, if you're, you know, make a big story out of it and then the city decides, yeah, we're not going to allow hunting. Right. You know, so I would say take your time, wait for... Yeah. A good shot. And it's it's probably like a township or something in this case. Like it's outside of city limits. I, I think most cities, right, if you're inside of city limits, you can't discharge a weapon. But it's probably a township thing. But like you said, they, they could change rules if, if it made a big enough stink. The other thing I would not do is this would be a, a firearm only thing. I wouldn't do this with a bow just because bows mm-hmm. kill differently, right? Mm-hmm. They're, you know, a bow kills from blood loss and so that it that deer's just not i mean unless you shoot it in the spine which is by i would say just about anybody's uh, consideration hitting it in the spine is a is a miss right you you got lucky and caught it in the spine sort of thing it's gonna run so i would not use a bow this would be a, a firearm only adventure I want to circle back. I thought of some other things that I would do. Jake, you mentioned practicing at the, at these ranges so that you know exactly where the bullet's going to go. And and with a firearm, you should know exactly where the bullet's going to go at, at 20 to 30 yards, like threading the same hole, kind of know Mm -hmm. where it's going to go. I would not shoot freehand. I would shoot off of some kind of a rest, a shooting sticks or something, right? Because if you're, especially if you're going for that base of the skull spine shot, you, you know, you're going to need it to be pretty accurate. So if you can, if you can get some kind of a rest, shooting sticks, the, the, the edge of, if you're hunting out of a blind, maybe that, that the window ledge, if you're blind or something, but I mean, maybe even practice in the scenario, right? Like sit where you're going to sit to shoot this deer, put a target where you think the deer is going to walk by and try to shoot a golf ball. If you can shoot a golf ball reliably, then I think you're good. Right. Yeah. I mean, which like you said at 20 to 30 yards with a scope, I mean, that's not, we're not talking military marksmanship. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, not saying it's an easy shot necessarily. I mean, everyone has different skill levels and whatever, but you should be able to hit, like you said, a pretty, pretty tight window at that distance with a firearm, you know, using the same ammo, same rest, same gun. 
all things the same, you should be hitting pretty tight. Yeah. Anything else that you would do that you wouldn't do? Any other recommendations on this one? I guess the only thing that I wouldn't do is I I wouldn't let my neighbors not let me hunt. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what I mean? I I would do it. I would try it and... You know, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily purposefully be confrontational, but just because I wouldn't let, you know, worry, I wouldn't worry about interrupting my neighbor's dinner with a gun, um, stop me from getting out and hunting mm-hmm. and acquiring food from me and my family. So, you know, I mean, I think you take precautions, you do what you can, but at the end of the day, I, if you're allowed to be out there hunting then go out there and hunt. Yep. Yeah. And I would also recommend sharing your harvest with the neighbors. That's you a know, good idea. Give them some trail baloney, give them some jerky. Because if you can get them on your side, you know, if they become wanting that, yeah. you know, they then they're on your side and they're encouraging you. Right. And that's, you know, taking it another step. Right. Maybe they're, maybe your seven acres turns into 14 acres because the neighbor said, yeah, you can come over my seven acres and, you know, and all of, all of a sudden you've got hunting permission right that's a those are both good points don't let your you know don't let somebody bully you or you know just because they don't like it that you know you've got rights just like everybody else you it's your seven acres and yeah if you can if you can get them on your side that's a great that would be a great way to uh sort of make the issue a Mm non-issue at that point right so all right well, if there's nothing else, if you guys don't have anything else you want to mention on this one, we'll wrap it up. I think nope, that's I think, all. Yeah, I think that's all. We look forward to more questions. If anyone has questions, ideas, we're totally open to it. Definitely. As hunting season's kind of winding down, uh, there'll be more opportunity to kind of dive into this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, And even if it's not like, hey, I'm wondering this, but if it's just, you know, we've, we've just talked about scenarios like i wonder what would you know if if you want to get our take on something like that we we enjoy we're always talking about this kind of stuff so we enjoy talking about that kind of thing and and just thinking through situations like that so if you have anything you want us to want us to talk about hit us up on facebook we're ohio huntsman you can send us a, a message on instagram we're ohio huntsman podcast and you may well, I don't want. I was going to say you may even be able to respond to our our newsletter because we we have a newsletter that where you get notified of new episodes and things that are going on, giveaways and that sort of thing, which I'd recommend you sign up for. There'll be, there'll be a link in the show notes. I don't know if you can respond to that to get in touch with us, but probably the messengers on on Facebook and Instagram are probably the best way to get a to get a hold of us. So, with that. I want to thank everybody for listening and uh, stay safe out there. <laughs>